Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello and welcome to the Tracy Sandler Show brought to you by Fivo. I am your host, Tracy Sandler. Not 100% with the voice today, but going to power through anyway because I am super, super excited about today's guest, Darnell Smith, who is host of the Porch Podcast, co-host of the JB Show, Coach JB Show, and producer at Fox Sports. Did I get all that right, Darnell? There are so many things. Yes, you did. You got it all right. You know, I, I like to stay busy, Tracy. So, you know, I'm, I'm doing, a, I'm a man who wears multiple hats. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I like to stay busy too. So I think it is absolutely fantastic. Well, welcome to the Tracy Sandler Show. Excited to talk to you. Before we dive in, can you tell us a little bit about what you do in each, like tell us about the Porch Podcast, tell us about the Coach JB Show and what you do at Fox Sports, just so our listeners get a little bit more of an idea of who you are. Yes, for sure, man. So first of all, the Forge Podcast is something that my, myself and one of my former college teammates, uh, Brian Jones, a.k.a. Bolo, is what we call him there. We started this thing back in like 2018. And initially when we did it, it was just as a way to just kind of be in, in outlets to kind of, you know, talk talk about things in black culture, talk about sports, et cetera. Um, and over the years, it kind of it, it started to grow to this thing where we do a lot of storytelling. You know, we bring on these uh, various guests from all different different walks of life and they kind of, you know, get a chance to come on the show and, and talk about their journey and who they are. So it's a chance to kind of just really dive deep and in, in, into an authentic side of various different guests, storytelling, and it's a, we do it in a very fun way. So that's something that I'm, you know, uh, uh, is kind of like my baby there, right? Uh, started round up and, and it's been uh, huge. So that that's the first thing. The second thing is the Coach JB show with Big Smitty, which is uh, me. <laughs> Uh, I actually just started uh, co-hosting with him this week. So this has been our launch week together. This is a live show as we do Monday through Friday, 6 to six a.m. to 8 a.m. Pacific time on YouTube. And this is a predominantly a sports show. Yes, early in the morning. I get a real early chance to, to, to do that show, but it's fun. High energy. We're talking about the game in a very authentic way. If anyone knows Coach JB, um, he's going to speak his mind. And he's not going to apologize for it. So you want to be entertained and, and talk about sports, learn about sports, definitely tune in to the Coach JB Show. And then lastly, but not least, Fox Sports. Been at Fox for about five years. Um, I'm a social media producer for one of our studio shows called Speak, uh, where it's Joy Taylor, Emmanuel Acho, Shady McCoy. And, uh, you know, behind the scenes, I'm the guy who's on a premiere, cutting up all the clips for the show on Photoshop. Um, I actually spent about a year and a half uh, on actually on the show during the former show called Speak for Yourself, where I could, you know, got a chance to come on for a segment and have Darnell's question of the day. So shout out to Fox Sports, man. They, they you know, without Fox, none of this would be possible. So that, that's kind of my, my, my big three right there, Tracy. <laughs> Fantastic. And I've actually had Joy on my other podcast, Get My Job. And I've been on her radio show and I just absolutely adore her and Emmanuel Acho. So that is an awesome show. So that's so cool. Thank you. For sharing that with us. I just wanted our listeners to get a little bit more background on today's guest. So that is awesome. Bet Online is your number one source for all your basketball info, stats, news, and scores. Get the latest odds and lines and the latest matchup reports for this year's NBA playoffs. Bet Online is your sports intel headquarters this season as we have you covered for all your insider sports wagering needs. From basketball, MLB, NHL hockey, golf, to UFC and boxing. 
The fastest and easiest way to get your betting info, including live betting options and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your home. Get into the action today, head to the website or use your mobile device to join and be sure to use our promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. But now we are going to jump into 49er stuff uh, because it's been a big week. It was the first week of OTAs. Practice on Tuesday was open to the media. And now that I have my voice back, I'm really excited to talk to you guys about it. Uh, A lot happened. The biggest news probably of Tuesday, not probably, the biggest news of Tuesday was that it really does look like Brock Purdy, which is something I don't want to brag, but have been saying for quite some time now. Brock Purdy is, in fact, going to be QB1 of the San Francisco 49ers. Kyle Shanahan actually said he is optimistic that Brock will be available week one, and he sees no reason that won't happen. Brock was a little bit more reticent to throw out dates and timelines, which I can completely understand from his perspective. But it seemed pretty clear that he is the quarterback of this team, which, to be honest, they've been pretty clear about. John Lynch told us at the owners' meetings, Brock was the leader in the clubhouse at this. Kyle Shanahan said, if he hadn't got hurt, this wasn't even a conversation. So this isn't a huge surprise. So now it really feels like it's the battle for QB2. Not to mention, if for some reason Brock isn't ready, then there's the battle for QB1 to start the season. That's between Trey Lance and Sam Darnold. I'm sorry, sorry, Darnell, I'm giving like a little bit of an intro here just so you know all the things too. Are you good at the department? Okay, and Trey talked to us, and he said, you know, at this point, he just wants an opportunity to compete. He wants to get out on the field. So that's kind of where we are in 49ers quarterback land. So, Darnell, I'm always interested when I have a guest on that is not so ingrained in the day-to-day operations of this football team, what does it look like from your perspective? Man, uh, it's a lot, man. It seems like every single offseason, the 49ers is dealing with some sort of quarterback controversy. I mean, obviously, we knew beforehand. Always. Always. Every time. (laughs) And it's crazy. It seems like the Niners have every other, you know, piece for the most part, you know, kind of locked in and and, and confident in. But it's always the quarterback position where they have questions. So I think hearing that report about Brock Purdy more than likely being ready for week one, I think it's huge news. I mean, he was was a guy, as we all saw last season, who, I mean, was balling out up until that that, that injury. He took an NFC championship. And it was uh, very hard to look at, hard to see. And. We didn't know if he's going to have to get the full Tommy John surgery and potentially miss the entire entirety of this next season. So I think hearing that news is huge. But at the same time, there's still no guarantee that he'll be there for, for that week one. So like you said, it's kind of like the, the, the next two quarterbacks, right? Trey, Trey Lance and Sam Darnold. And I'm hearing a lot of good things really about both, but especially about Trey Lance. I mean, they said he's been training with uh, you know Patrick Mahomes here during the offseason in, in his uh, uh, secret or private, uh, excuse me, trainer. Um, he's working on his his grip of the football, relearning his form. So I'm hearing a lot of great things about Trey Lance. And we got to remember, I mean, this guy was, was a top pick for the Niners just a couple years ago. He was the guy who who was supposed to be the starter or, or, or was a starter last year at the beginning of the season before he did get hurt. So do you know what, Tracy? I'm thinking like I, I know what they're saying. I understand Brock Purdy is the guy, but imagine if he's not ready for the first few weeks, right? And Trey Lance comes out, he just balls out. He has like three, two or three amazing games, you know, two, three touchdowns in the air, no picks. I just I just wonder if if the 49ers are fully sold 
on, on Brock Purdy. As good as he was last year, I don't believe he has the highest highs as, as what Trey Lance has in terms of just full athletic ability, you know, arm strength, et cetera. So I, I really do believe that Trey Lance still has a chance to become QB1. Sam Darnold, sorry, I, I, listen, I, I know with, with Shanahan, I, I know he's like the QB whisperer, so I do <laughs> think he, he can kind of get the best out of anybody, but I just don't see a world where Sam Darnold is the is is the starter. He he wasn't like their guy. You know what I'm saying? So it's just hard for me to believe that he will be the starter unless something else crazy happens. Which in 49ers quarterback world is always a possibility. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> if walked to last season. But you know, I will say this. I do believe they are sold on Brock Purdy. I really do. I think they Kyle Shanahan, I I mean all my listeners are gonna be like, we know what she's gonna say. She says every time he trusts him in a one I've never seen him trust a quarterback. He gets the job done. He does exactly what Shanahan needs him to do. He, for the most part, not not always, but for the most part, he doesn't turn the ball over. He gets the ball where it needs to go. He's just mobile enough when they need him to be. And he is this really good leader. And his teammates love him. And they love Trey Lance, taking nothing away from that. But his teammates love him, have rallied around him. And I think he showed them that he can be a quarterback in this league. He earned their respect last season. The wild card is what you said. If if Brock Purdy isn't ready those first few weeks and Trey Lance does start and comes in, plays super well, all of a sudden the 49ers, let's say they're 3-0 and and now Brock's ready, what do you do? So many what-ifs with this quarterback situation. What I think is so funny kind of about the discourse is I am kind of starting to believe that, that Brock Purdy will be ready by week one. And there's been so much quarterback discourse and discussion in the off season and he'll be ready week one. He'll be the quarterback and that'll be that. And all this conversation. But I think it's obviously an important off season for Trey Lance, not only for his time in San Francisco, but potentially for his time elsewhere. I, I don't think they're in a rush to trade him by any means. I'd be shocked if they traded him before the deadline. And to be honest, at this point, I'd be pretty surprised. I always, my listeners know I go the difference between shocked and surprised because I feel like they're two different words in this league. But I'd be surprised if they even do trade him at the deadline because this is not a team that can afford to be getting rid of quarterbacks. But you never know. And I've said before, if Trey has a great offseason and a great preseason, even if he plays well and not incredible, but well enough to get them through the first few games and they still go back to Brock. So the thing is, like you said, Darnell, that's the big question. That's kind of the wild card. Should Brock not be ready and Trey Lance come in? and play really well those first few games, and the 49ers are 3-0, and do you make a switch? So many what-ifs here, but at the moment, I would say they are sold on Brock Purdy. Like, I think right now they see him as their guy, but we have so much time to go between now and then. So much can happen. Here we are going into week two of OTAs, and of course, if we didn't talk about all this, what would we talk about in this so-called offseason that doesn't actually exist? But that is the big out of San Francisco right now. Yes, yes, man. No, it, it, it's all the offseason, man. It's always exciting for me because there's so many what ifs. You don't know what's going to happen, what players are going are going to perform well. You know, obviously the Niners. Another thing, and I'm sure we're going to get into this a little bit here, is that the Niners lost a lot during this offseason due, due to free agency. You know, so I'm very curious to see like. We know how great they were last season, and the expectations are, are going to be high again this year, but they lost some veterans like Jimmy Ward, Emmanuel Mosley, I think went to the Lions. 
I mean, lost your defensive coordinator and D'Amico Ryan's, and we know how vital the Niners' defense is. And I know Steve Wilkes is coming in as a, the new defensive coordinator, and he's he's had some success with the Panthers you know, as the interim head coach, and he is a veteran guy, but he's still kind of unproven when it comes when it comes to the 49ers. So you know, there's a lot of question marks here with the 49ers, and um, I, I'm just I'm just excited to see what happens. I mean, on paper, to me, the Niners are still w- w- one of the the, the top probably three teams in the NFC. I think you have to think about them, the Eagles, and, and probably the Cowboys. Uh, but, again, you, you have to put it all together, man. When you're bringing in new faces and, and new coaches and, you know, sometimes, you know, things might look good on paper, but the mixture doesn't 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 come together right. It's kind of like me in the kitchen sometimes, Tracy. I, I might have all the ingredients right there, but I don't always put the proper seasons in there. So I'm just excited to see, uh, I, you know, how this thing turns out. Okay, well, before we get into the 49ers defense, because that was where I was going to go next, I now have to ask you, what is your favorite thing to make in the kitchen? And what has been your biggest disaster in the kitchen? <laughs> My favorite thing to make in the kitchen is very simple. I would say it's just tacos. I'm a huge taco guy. I'm pretty I don't want to I don't want to boost myself too much, but I'm pretty good, Tracy, when it comes to my tacos, salad, my actual hard shells, my soft shells. I don't care if it's turkey meat, chicken, vegan tacos. If it's a taco, I can make it. Now, okay. the thing that I'm not that great at is Alfredo. It's the Alfredo pasta. I just something about that sauce and getting the right combination. For some reason, I, I've tried it a couple of times and it's been a disaster every single time. So I think I'm done trying that. I'm gonna leave it leave it to my wife and uh, I'll, I'll I'll let her kind of handle the Alfredo and I'll handle the tacos. <laughs> that seems fair. Alfredo feels like it would be a very hard thing to make. I've actually never attempted making Alfredo, and that feels like that would be tough with the consistency and the whole thing. But see, as soon as anyone brings up cooking on any sort of podcast that I'm on, I need to dive deeper into the true hard hitting questions. So thank you for allowing me to do that. Uh, all right, let's talk Fort Niners defense. As you mentioned, they did. They lost a lot. They lost, they lost Emmanuel Mosley. They lost Jimmy Ward. They lost Aziz Al-Shayer. They lost D'Amico Ryans. And that's a huge one in itself. I do think, well, I'm going to say two things. I'm going to say, A, there are two things that the 49ers offseason always, always are, are big subjects. One is we've covered quarterbacks. The other is the secondary. This year, I think, is no different on the secondary. That being said, I'm going to make a very large statement here and i hope you're ready for it Uh but i would argue that the defense maybe got better because of the addition of javon hargrave Mm. you know what tracy i'm I'm not mad about that so i don't know if i told you this i'm a i'm a former defensive lineman myself i played in the mac i played the ball state i'm a defensive tackle so that's that's my favorite position and i have a soft spot for defensive line play so i believe the 49ers may arguably have the best defensive line in the National Football League, I think it's between them and maybe the Eagles. But, I mean, mm-hmm. Javon Hargrave with Nick Bosa, Eric Armstead, I mean, and, and Drake Jackson. I mean, a guy that, I mean, he's six foot five, 275 pounds. He looks like an action figure. I just believe that, you know, that that's a huge addition. And I don't disagree. But at the same time, though, Trace, there's so many amazing wide receivers in this league. This is a passing league. And if you if you have question marks in the secondary, it still it still makes me a little a little nervous. So they have Charvarius Ward, obviously CB one on one side, uh, Diamador Lenore, who played cornerback, a starter the most of the season. Once Emmanuel Mosley went out in Week Five and really did get better and better week after week, had some ups and downs. You know, also as the season went on, he was on national television a lot more because of the playoffs and because 
the 49ers were so good. And so some of those mistakes, I think, got a little bit more highlighted than they would have otherwise. That being said, they're pretty happy with Tiamador Lenore and the job that he's done. He made such a big jump from year one to year two. I would imagine that only improves year two to year three. Something I found a little interesting at OTAs the other day, granted, it's day two of OTAs, so we can't read too much into anything. But as I've said before, if we don't do that, what are we doing in this so-called offseason? So something that was interesting is when Charvarius Ward was was just working out on the side. He didn't participate in, in team drills or anything like that. And this the starter for him was Samuel Womack, which is, you know, he was a rookie last year. They seemed really high on him in the beginning. Uh, and then he kind of petered off there. But the the winner of the day, the guy who really stood out, Isaiah Oliver, at least on defense in the secondary. Ronnie Bell, mm. Michigan great. He stood out in wide rec- the wide receiver position, but Isaiah Oliver really looked great, again, on day two of OTAs. Right, right, right. And like you said, I mean, it's, it's early, but, I mean, those are good signs, though. It's, I mean, the fact that they're showing good signs, showing showing that that, that that they can be true ball players for this team, I think, are, are all good signs. And listen, I'm not I'm not assuming the worst. I'm not thinking that the secondary is going to be bad. It's just, it's just when you think about the, the Niners right now, there's two areas that you that you have to question. It's the quarterback position and the health of Brock Purdy, and then it's just the secondary. Other than that, I mean, to me, they're they're almost flawless. I mean, the defensive side, wide receiver, you got Brandon Ayuk, Devo Samuel, George Kittle's coming back, the offensive line with Trent Williams holding everything down. I mean, running back, you got you got Christian McCaffrey back there, of course. It just like every other position is solidified. So it's like if we're if we're you know truly ha- trying to be nitpicky here and, and pick at things with the Niners. The only areas that you could do that in is is the secondary and, and, and that quarterback. But listen, I know they also drafted a couple young guys here uh, that, that they're excited about. Then you got a corner from South Alabama, you got a safety as well. So, I mean, listen, the Niners—they've been good for so long. It seems like, and uh, to me, the only thing that's ever hurt them in, in, in the recent years is injuries. So if they can stay healthy. I mean, I expect them to be a top of the NFC again this season. Well, you're obviously not a 49ers fan because 49ers fans always assume the worst. So you're definitely not one of those. So we assume we won't qualify you. You brought right, us- I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> you're definitely not because 49ers fans love to assume the worst, which I think actually in fairness to 49ers fans is just fans. I think fans generally like to assume the worst. True. Uh, but you, you did bring up Steve Wilkes earlier and – one thing I want to talk a little bit about and was very clear the other day, you know, he was a DB's coach. And that will be, he told us when we met with him for the first time, that that will be who he spends the majority of his time with with practice. We saw it the other day. And I'm really curious to see how that helps the secondary because they haven't had a defensive coordinator who was specifically a DB's coach in quite some time, certainly not in the time that I've been covering the team. And so I'm just kind of curious to see how that manifests itself on the field. Mm, that, that's what, I didn't know that, Trace. That's actually a, a great nugget to know. And, you know, uh, with with the success he's had through, throughout his career, obviously just even last year as an interim coach with, with the Panthers, I mean, I, I've heard nothing but good things from the players there. I think a lot of the players wanted him to kind of become the full-time head coach. Obviously, Frank Wright is there, and he's an incredible coach. But, you know, just, you know, as a player, you build these close relationships with some of your coaches, and he obviously did, did a great job with, with the team last year. So um, I'm very excited to kind of just see – how he's able to 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 perform, you know, uh, and, and improve the secondary. Obviously, D'Amico Ryan was just such an incredible coach last year for the team. The energy he exuded on that sideline, you could tell those players are, are like they're, they're playing. They wanted to play well for him. You know what I'm saying? There's something about like certain coaches that you can have where 
certain energy they put out, you know, where it's like as a player, yeah, of course you want to get paid and play well for yourself, your family. But then when your coach is like bringing that same passion, it just gives you that extra, mm, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, I think, you know, he set the bar very high in San Francisco. So I'm just very excited to see what Steve Wilson can do. And my, my question is for you, Tracy, with this, knowing this new knowledge here, do you think, or are you concerned, I would say, that since he's focused so much, like he's a DB-specific coach, right? Do you think that could have some negative effects with the performance of the linebacker, linebacker crew? Or do you feel like with Fred Warner there and with that front that they're pretty much just solidified? No, I think they're pretty solidified because I think the thing is with, you know, the defensive coordinator, and we saw it with D'Amico, we saw it with Robert Sala, they have their their specialty area, areas, so to speak. But ultimately, you know, to be a good coordinator, mm-hmm. and I think this is kind of what you were saying before about seeing how Steve Wilkes does, but we saw it with him as an interim head coach. You definitely have to look at things on more of a macro level. But his specialty is DBs, and that will be a benefit. And I, I don't think it's an accident that a team with secondary issues over the last several years up and down sometimes they've been great sometimes they've been not so great chose to bring a guy in who specializes in that area but no I really don't think that it will be an issue because they have Fred Warner they have Trey Greenlaw and they have such a great coaching staff that I I don't imagine that there'll be a fall off there what I do think will be interesting to see however in the linebacker core is I mentioned earlier they they lost Aziz Alshair which there was no way they were going to be able to keep him, and he really deserved to go somewhere where he could be a starter. But they had really an embarrassment of riches at linebacker. When Aziz Alshair was your third linebacker, you are in a very good position. Dre Greenlaw does have a tendency to be a little bit injury-prone, even though that's a narrative I hate because it's football. But he does get hurt. He plays tough. He plays very physical football. So they they brought they drafted linebacker D. Winters, but I think... The loss of Aziz Alshair should Warner or Greenlaw go down, then it becomes a bigger issue. Right, right. And unfortunately, like you said, I mean, every every team deals with injuries. That's just the name of the game. But the Niners, for whatever reason, every single year, they they tend to just have big-time injuries for portions of the season or the entire season. And, of course, you know, we, we wish the best. We, we, we want everyone to stay healthy. So, you know, we're not putting out any negative energy. But it's the game of football is the game of football. So – because of that, I, I do think that, you know, the depth at, at these positions will, will become vital. It will become very important to the success of the Niners. Because like I said before, the only thing that's really slowed them down in the last few years has been injuries. Other than that, man, I mean, you're, you're seeing them in, in the big game, the NFC Championship or the Super Bowl, it seems like, you know, every, every other year. So um, very excited, man, to, just to see how, how everything plays out there. And, 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 and as I look at the NFC too, Tracy, like, who should the Niners be afraid of? Like, to me, nobody. I mean, obviously, the Eagles are there. They went to Super Bowl last year. But if you ask a lot, a lot of the Niners players, they'll tell you if Brock doesn't get hurt, they very strongly believe they, they win that game. Um, the Cowboys are going to Cowboy. <laughs> I know they look good on paper. They might have a good season. But I just – I can't trust them in, in, until they show me something different. And then it's like, okay, you got the Vikings. You know, I think the Lions are going to be improved. The Seahawks will be very interesting just because they had an amazing draft. Um, you know, yeah. obviously, you know, uh, Gino had a credible year last year. So as I was looking, looking across the NFC, though, I just don't see any other team that I'm like, man, the Niners better watch out for this team. So it's like, man, I, I really think just due to the conference they're in, the roster that they have, 
I believe that they're going to be, like I said, either a one or a two seed in the NFC again this year. They're definitely the upper echelon. I think it really would be the Eagles because the Eagles, for as good as they were last season, also had a rather incredible draft. So they somehow did get better, which I, you know, hats off to Howie Roseman because he does seem to get get that done. And they had really good draft picks and all of that. They had first round picks, the Niners and have those, all of that. So they did get better. So I do think it's, again, the Niners and the Eagles, who's one and who's two will remain to be seen. And then you're right, it's the Cowboys. The Seahawks are interesting. They did have a great draft. Uh, we'll see, but I want to see how does Geno Smith do in this next year? Does he improve? Does he regress? Does he stay where he was? So, you know, that becomes a big one. The Lions you brought up, they're a fun football team. You know, that's a team that really came on at the end of last season. It's a team that made some really good moves in the offseason. The draft was a little bit interesting for the Lions, but made some really good offseason moves. Yes. But you're right. It's Philly <laughs> and San Francisco. And if I had to make a, you know, a prediction right this second with a whole football season ahead of us, uh, you know, the 49ers and the Eagles very well end up in the NFC Championship game again. So we'll see. But, you know, certainly they're that in that upper echelon of team. And like you said, it is nitpicky at this point because when a team is really good, when a team's been in the NFC Championship, three out of the last four seasons, gone to a Super Bowl, it gets nitpicky. And when we talk about the injuries, you know, I, I think the 49ers injury list has become a narrative. And I always wonder, I'm like so ingrained in this team that it feels like it's they're the ones with all these injuries. But this season, I took a little more time to look at other teams' injury reports throughout the year. And then we get every day of practice, the opposing team's injury reports. A lot of teams have a ton of injuries. And even with all those injuries, they've managed to get to the NFC Championship game three out of the last four years. And I do think that says a lot. So they're up there, but they got a window. And that window is going to close in the next two, maybe three, but probably two years. So there is certainly a sense of urgency at Levi Stadium. Yes, I, 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 could, I could imagine, you know, because like you said, I mean, you, you can only be great for so long you know so you have to maximize that window and another thing too as you know tracy is every single year there's a team that surprises everybody so like right now we're just looking at the scope of uh, all the teams and looking at the names on on paper and and assuming that you know it's gonna be the eagles and the niners and those are gonna be the kind of upper echelon but who knows man every single year a, a team just comes out of the dark and performs at a high level i think last year we, we didn't know the seahawks would, would end up playing to the level that they played the Vikings, mm -hmm. you know, had, had an amazing regular season. We didn't probably didn't see that to that level. So I'm very, uh, again, that's what makes NFL so exciting and why I love it so much. Because at the end of the day, you really don't know. <laughs> you can look at the names all day. You can you can you can guess and and, and, and kind of put out your 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 your, your hypothesis on, on, on how these teams are going to perform. But you really don't know, and that's what makes each season so interesting. And I just think, man, I I I, I can't wait for, for football to come back, Tracy. <laughs> I'll say that. Who's your team, Darnell? So I'm from Indianapolis. So I'm a big Indianapolis Colts fan. Obviously, last year, you don't have to say it. I know we had a horrible year, but <laughs> I think we had one of the best drafts. I, I, <laughs> I love Anthony Richardson's upside. I'm not expecting crazy, uh, uh, amazing year in his rookie season. I just want to see some good flashes of greatness. Um, we got Juju Brents, who's a guy who went to my high school, hometown guy, cornerback, long, lengthy, physical. Um, I, I think, you know, with getting Shane Steichen, who was the, the offensive coordinator for the Eagles and who really, really played a big role in helping Jim Hurts 
become the level player that he is. I think, you know, tag him alongside with Anthony Richardson, um, obviously Jonathan Taylor, who I think when healthy is the best running back in football. I think there's some good things going on in, in Indy. So very excited for the future uh, and, and, and hope that we found our QB1. Because things have been tough since Andrew Luck left. I'll say that. I mean, honestly, he took all the luck with him, no pun intended, but he really did. It has been a rough <laughs> Don't do that to me. Well, I mean, it's the truth, but oh, I have my hopes for you this coming year. I would say you just want it to get better. And you guys have DeForest Buckner, who shed a tear. He was a really awesome guy on the 49ers. That was a, that was a big loss from San Francisco. I love him. I love him, man. Thank, thank you, 49ers. We appreciate you for that. <laughs> 49ers fans would be like, yeah, you're welcome. Uh, but Darnell, this has been awesome. We are heading into Memorial Day weekend. OTAs week two is next week. Tell everyone where they can find you online and all of the various platforms. Yes, yes. You can find me online on Twitter or Instagram at Darnell underscore Smith 95. That's Darnell with two L's. I'm also on TikTok as well. You can follow my podcast at The Porch Podcast. Uh, also the coach JB show is literally the coach JB show verbatim. So yeah, please show support. If you want to hear me more, talk, talk about the game, talk about culture. Again, the porch podcast, we drop episodes weekly on Wednesdays and Fridays. And then the coach JB show is Monday through Friday, 6am to 8am Pacific time. We're live on YouTube. Uh, so please come support, subscribe. Trust me. You won't regret it. And, uh, yeah, that's where I'm at. Fantastic. If you guys like what you heard, which I know you did, please leave us a five-star rating and a wonderful review. You can find me on Instagram at Tracy Sandler, on Twitter at Tracy FGSN. We are brought to you by FIVO. We are brought to you by Bet Online. And with that, I'll talk to everybody next week. Bye, all. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.